passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Support for the Bubba Army Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming. Their fourth-generation performance package absolutely changed the grooming game along with their refined body wash to round out your hygiene routine. Join the nearly 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for their shower time routine by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code Bubba. Have you smelled Manscaped's refined body wash, fellas? The ladies love their signature scent. You and your boys will be so fresh and so clean when you start off your self-care routine with the ultimate body wash. Keep the grooming game going with the Performance Package 4.0, and inside this package you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Weed Whacker and Nose Trimmer, Crop Preserver and Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all the goodies. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up the top of your nose and ears. Nothing's worse than that nose hair. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with code Bubba at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Bubba at Manscaped.com. Keep your balls trimmed, fresh and clean with Manscaped. Spice, is uh, is Mick ready to go? Mick is ready to go. I think he lives in Florida nowadays. Up in the panhandle, I think. Mick, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Let me clear up the geographic question. Uh, I moved back. I was in Florida for like five years, but I've been back in Long Island for quite a while. Really? Yeah. You just couldn't quite deal with all of, all of us rednecks down here. <laughs> no, no, I like the rednecks. You know what? When I was the uh, commissioner of WWE, I guess I was naive enough to think I was really the commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> and they had me doing so many uh, you know, appearances, especially when they had their restaurant, that I'd be taken off from uh, Florida, you know, the six p.m. the night before an 11 a.m. appearance, and I wouldn't be back for like 36 hours. So but The good uh, thing about down here, Mick, is your money does go a hell of a lot further. Oh, though. man. <laughs> what kind of person works their entire career in the South? I lived in uh, Georgia, uh, Florida, Alabama, Texas, uh, and I'm leaving out one state. <laughs> Let me, let me try to get Tennessee. T- Tennessee, I left out. Uh, 15 years of the entire time I was working full time, I was in uh, the South. And then the moment I, re- I retire, I moved back to New York, where it's uh, far more expensive. Far more expensive. And you had a hell of a run down here, kid. You know that. I did have a good run. I did. I mean, the South is what made you a zillionaire. Please. <laughs> I don't know about about that uh, because when I was with WWE, we could have lived anywhere, but uh, we liked the we liked the Panhandle. My wife and I drove by there. We saw the beach. Uh, we thought it was great, and uh, as unlikely as it might seem, we had a pretty good gym there for uh, four or five years. So I did I did have a good time all, all over the South. Now you know, Mick, I didn't know that you were born in Indiana. 
That's true. Yeah, John Mellencamp uh, and uh, David uh, Lee Roth. Uh, was uh, We were all born in the same hospital at different times. Right there in Bloomington. Yes. Now, now at what age did you move out of Bloomington and, and head over? I was just a little kid. My dad was a student there, believe it or not, working on his uh, doctoral thesis. So uh, he was uh, studying, and, uh, you know, I came along during that time. So, you know, the thing about what people don't realize with Mick is that, you know, he's always played like, you know, Mankind and all these guys, but he's like real smart. I mean, like real, I mean, like yeah, some, the, of, some of his gimmicks always like been barbaric and he's like the hardcore guy, but he's very, he's actually one of the smarter, smarter of the guys. Well, I mean, just being an author alone and writing that many books and being on the top of the New York uh, Times bestsellers, I mean, that's quite an accomplishment and doing it without a ghostwriter. Hey, you know, that, yeah, that was a big uh, thrill for me is the fact that I did it myself, but uh, yeah, you know, the fact that people are, are surprised actually worked for me because it doesn't matter how many books I've done. Uh, the bar is always set so low for me. You know, like you go on a <laughs> it's true, because you can just feel like, yeah, I wrote it myself. And everybody's like, what, <laughs> you? You wrote it yourself? No, the, the, the Beyond the Mat deal was actually, the Beyond the Mat deal was, was a good, but that was actually, they followed you during during your career, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. You know, when uh, uh, Barry Blaustein, the director, uh, started work on that, I was supposed to be the guy who had, like, had a little taste of mainstream success, which would have been in WCW. Right. And was now back doing the independence. Uh, because, uh, you know, it was never thought that uh, Vince McMahon would see me as a WWE-type guy. So uh, I guess I was fortunate that as filming progressed, I became, uh, you know, a, I had a different role to play. No, 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 nothing nothing against Vince, man, but Vince had you all wrong in the fact that, I mean, you know, he, maybe you weren't as polished as, as, as Christian or as Edge or some of the guys with a big push. But, I mean, probably one of the best uh, money-making matches, the feud was between you and uh, you and Mark uh, Undertaker. You, that, was, that was money, that feud. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, if I had to credit uh, people other than uh, Mr. McMahon, it would be uh, Jim Ross for, uh, you know, kind of tirelessly pushing for me, I guess, you know, for like five years, and also the fact that uh, The Undertaker looked at me and thought, you know, I, I don't care, uh, you know, uh, physique-wise, if he's not as imp- impressive as some people, he thought that uh, that would be a good matchup, and it turned out to, I, I, I told somebody, I said, never underestimate the power of The Undertaker. Well, let me tell you something, Mark runs the show in the back, boy, I mean, you know, you know that as well as I do, I mean, he's <laughs> he's the most vested guy in the world, and I mean, he can get, uh, not that he not that Undertaker ever plays a card, but he can get stuff done, if he didn't like Way something's going, and he doesn't go there very often. But he's just no, so. No, well- that's the key. If you don't go there very often, you know he's kind of a guy that speaks uh, softly and carries a really big stick. So, uh, hey, you know what? Just uh, reminded me. Did you know uh, I actually wrote a letter uh, back when you had that uh, you know trouble and take it off the air? Right. I actually wrote a letter to the O'Reilly Factor when I saw that thing on the air. I just thought, man, one kid. You know, one, or it was a kid who had it, uh, who left it on the uh, the station. Yeah, he was listening to rock and roll, and the yep. next morning, his dad turned uh, on uh, the, the the radio. I have the story right. Yeah, right? yeah, yep. And I was like, one guy, you know, one one man can take down, a, you know, a career. And and fortunately, it didn't work out that way. But at the time, I was, uh, I just thought that's that's really unfair. See, I mean, that's uh, the thing about. So I, and by the I way, Mick, in. thank you. And of course, that, O'Reilly didn't highlight that. Mick no, no definitely that not. It I mean, may have been too uh, long and. Uh, how how do O'Reilly know how to work? How do O'Reilly know how to work? I mean, you bring Mick in, right? Because sure. you know, and you're good cop, bad cop, and all day Mick let Mick be the heel and be the absurd, you know, crazed lunatic wrestling that's taking too many shots to the head. But he but he brings name value, right? Sure. And then you know, O'Reilly could just get all hot and the whole nine yards, and Mick could even blast him in the hair with the chair. I mean, it would have been great stuff, right well, there. Well, then you when know you... what? I I had the opportunity to go on his show, and uh, and I even agreed, and then I saw, man, I just. 
No, with him it's hit or miss. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, with him you can't you can't get your word in because he'll turn your mic down. He'll overpower you. He'll cut you off, and you have yeah, no control and, over and it. The idea is you only whether or not you look good is entirely up to him. And it's possible, maybe even probable, we could have had a good conversation because his producer said, "No, no, uh, Mr. O'Reilly respects you. You'll be." <laughs> yeah, he says that to everybody. You know, I've worked pretty hard to establish a good name, and I can make points and you know go uh, you know point for point with just about anybody. But I can't do it if I'm playing by somebody else's rules. Well, you got to so control I'm... your own destiny. I mean, you got to be you know you got to be calling the match. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you can't be out there taking taking orders from somebody. Now, let's talk about let's talk about your next deal while you're on the air, and I'm I'm really excited about that because I've heard nothing good but good things on how Dixie Carter treats the talent and how good she is to people. And you're making the you're making a switch over to TNA to work for Dixie and the boys. Yeah, yeah, I started a couple weeks ago, and she has been, I mean, she has been uh, great, you know. I mean, <laughs> Vince, you know, was great. Uh, he just handled things a little bit differently than Dixie. They're two completely different personalities. Yeah, Dixie doesn't Dixie Dixie want to kill you. Looked. Exhausting. Dixie wants to give you a few days rest, but Vince <laughs> wants you to do 955 appearances in a row. <laughs> yeah, Vince, yeah, he's pretty stern taskmaster. Uh, and I, I feel uh, lucky. You know, I don't know if you guys have you know caught wind of the fact that uh, my experience as an announcer wasn't all that, you know, it wasn't entirely bad, but uh, yeah, there were parts of it I did not enjoy. And I wonder if uh, the team DNA opportunity had come up, and I hadn't been announcing whether I would have taken it, because uh, I may have felt like I owe it to Vince to kind of stay and not work for the other guys. But uh, you know, at a certain point, I was like, man, uh, this is really not how you know a guy should be you know spoken to or dealt with. And then, so it made my decision to 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 go and try something different a lot easier. Well, but Dixie, they just got to let you be yourself. They just got to let you be yourself because that's when you're the best. Is when well, you're you, you know what, honestly, this is. Uh, I mean, I would even if I didn't feel like it was going great, I would say positive things about it. If I was, you know, if I was working for the company, it was my job to do it. But I would not say this unless it was true, which is I'm having as much fun as I've had since like '99 and 2000 when I was the commissioner. Uh, because that, you know they they trust my judgment. I'm you know I'm allowed to come up with my own stuff. You know on my way out there, it's like wow, I get to say whatever I want, and and I think that we can uh, really make a difference. Well, how are you feeling as far as like physically? I mean, you know the, the rap on you for a long time. I, you know, I'm sure you know about it. It's it's sort of like okay, well. He's he's great, but then at times he'll just kind of space out because of all the bumps you've taken over your years. I mean, mentally, how are you feeling? Does that stuff still happen where you just kind of like space out? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I think that was directly like in '99. Uh, you know, there's that short term and long term yeah. difference in the in the memories. And man, I was kind of taking a pounding there in '99 because I was up near the top of the card, and my uh, my knees and my back, uh, you know, my neck were hurting, and I was like, man, I don't know. You know, I still felt the uh, the need to give people a good bang for their buck, and uh, so I made the decision, like, hey, let's take some damage to the head, you know, that's, uh, that's a good idea. And, uh, I, I, you know, one of the best decisions I, I made, probably the best and most important one, was, was to leave when I did, leave full-time wrestling in early 2000, because uh, I had no doubt uh, that if I had stayed, you know, I would have made really good money for, like, another year or two, but I don't think we'd be having this conversation or possibly any conversation <laughs> now now mick i didn't know now did the uh did the reality show that you're is, has that panned out 
You know what? It did not. Uh, but we'd had a chance a few years earlier, and we were always sitting there like wondering what would have happened. You know, it was I thought I I don't know. You know, it's kind of my kids are not an age at an age where they can you know make mature adult decisions about whether or not they want to be on TV. But I guess as a family, when the uh, when the chance came about the second time, we were like, you know, there really is an upside, you know, if this works out. You know, there's there's a lot of upside. And you've seen guys, you know, I mean, even with very, you know, moderate ratings, people are seen as being huge stars because they've been on uh, reality shows. So so we had the crew from A&E come over for eight days, and, uh, and uh, everybody felt like it was going well. 16 hours a day for eight days, and uh, and the pilot, you know, I, th- I thought was really good, and, uh, right. you know, a lot of people in the business thought it was really good, but the knock on us was that we, uh, you know, we got along too well. And when I was approached about doing it, I said, you know, we're not the kind of family that, you know, like yells. Is you're not going to see great displays of, you know, anger. And they said, well, you know, that those days are passe. We think people are ready for a, you know, a different type of family, kind of like, uh, you know, a very offbeat Huxtable family. Right. And I think in a few years you will see that type of family. But I think when push came to shove, they got nervous because no one had done it before and they weren't sure if there would be an audience for, you know, a show that made people actually, you know, think a little bit. You know, we're... Well, I got a message from Hulk. I got a message from my good friend Hulk Hogan. Be careful in those reality shows. <laughs> ah, you know, I, I mean, I really... And I say this because I know you know Hulk and I say that I'm not being, you know, funny about this at all. But I, I look at that and I just wonder, you oh. know, whether or not he would make that same decision again. Because I would argue that, you know, for as many positive things as that show did for him, in the end, it wasn't uh, no, he'll, it was he'll, not a positive. You know, Mick, he'd be, the, he'd be the first to tell you, first-hand guy, you know, boy on boy, that uh, it, that it was not good for his family. And hindsight being, he wouldn't do it again. No yeah. way. It, it, it puts way too much uh, light on your Especially if your kids are at that age where they're really impressionable and they can yeah. really get sucked into the into the business or the deal. And it's just... I, I, I never knew Hulk that well, but I went out of my way a couple times to say hey you know i you know i'm really uh, sorry for uh, you know the way you know the way the last few months have been, been going for you and one of the one of our fears was that if even if we if we did get the pilot you know if the pilot went ahead and now we're taping show number three now if they come to us and they say you know what we need a little more conflict can you guys like come up with something but now that you're like you know vested in the, uh, right. you know, the success of the show, what what choice would you have? And uh, but to kind of do what they wanted. And at that point, you know, the show would no longer you know have any real basis in uh, reality. Because so, you're, you're three, you're like three episodes in. You're like, well, we can't turn back, so we kind of got to do what they want us to do, and it's not yeah. what I want to do. And it's gonna at the end of the day, then whether the kids start believing, okay, is dad being a dick for real, or is <laughs> mom and dad really mad at each other, or is it for the show, or what's going on? Yeah, then you become a booker, and you got to come up with an angle of uh, you know you're, you find uh, condoms in your kid's drawer, and then all of a sudden you yeah. you know take a chair bump, and he lands on a bunch of tacks. I mean, you, you're right. It causes like a downward spiral, and you never know where it's going to end. Uh, yeah. So when, when we got the word that they weren't going for it. Like I was a little bit disappointed, but honestly, I was mostly relieved. And uh, in this case, it didn't work out. And I have to believe it's for the best. We, uh, I know that you're, uh, you know, with uh, with obviously TNA and Dixie, and I uh, kind of back with uh, one of your rivals, and that was Kurt Angle. You and him, you and him had a good deal back at uh, in, in Vince's stuff, and I think you worked a little bit with uh, Christian as well. And both of those guys doing well for Dixie. Yeah, man. You know, uh, Kurt and I had and, and Christian. You know, and the stuff I did yeah. with Edge and Christian was, you know, some of my favorite stuff. And uh, 
in uh, WWE, even though it wasn't in-ring stuff. And uh, I was just starting, you know, Kurt was just starting out as I was leaving. And I remember when I when I proposed doing a tag team with Kurt, people thought I was crazy because it was like, no, this guy does not have it. You know, like Kurt was a guy who was seen as having the technical stuff down pat, but that he was not going to be a successful character at all. And so me suggesting a role for Kurt was, you know, seen as being, uh, you know, uh, fairly stupid. And uh, he and I were just joking around about that. Like, man, look at how he's developed. He's one of the great characters, like, in the history of the business. Well, Hogan wrestled him one time, and he said he had to, they locked up, and he had to get out of the ring and say, you need to slow down, brother, because you're way too stiff. You're going to kill oh, me on here. Oh, man, he's so intense. And you know what, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I guess he said, slow down, Jesus, you're killing me. Slow down. <laughs> yeah, he's, I, I was uh, ringside for his match with uh, Jeff Jarrett at the last uh, TNA pay-per-view, which I, I thought was a great pay-per-view. I mean, right. Maybe I'm biased now, but I think I know a good show when I yeah, see one, and absolutely. I thought that was a really good show. And man, it's just his, his intensity is off the page. And the bad thing about it is, if he gets a hair up his ass and he wants to take your shoot style, I mean, what are you going to do about it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I talked about this in the last book, so I was, I was about to say, about to tell this story, and I was like, ah, maybe I shouldn't, but it, it is in writing that uh, the last time I was in the ring with Kurt, Mr. McMahon had a talk with Kurt before he went out there telling him to take me down continually and eat me up and opted not to share the plan with me, you know? Really? I don't know. It's kind of like dirty pool. And, and I, when I saw Vince, you know, if it had been 2000, 2001, when I had a little more anger in me, I, I really would have let him have a little bit of it. But I was just more hurt. And I was like, Vince, did you know I had three partially torn ligaments in my knees. Like, oh, no, I didn't know that. I had no any, idea. You know, any one of those things, you know, you got, I'm kind of on borrowed time. You know? I mean, that kinda, that's going... kind of crappy. And to make it the fact that he, he gets with with, uh, with Kurt and says, just continually take him down, <laughs> single leg style. And you're like, what? I mean, that's not what a, can, you, can you imagine you're out there in the ring saying, hey, brother, this ain't what we talked about. It's not good TV either. You know? Yeah, it's I mean, not, come on. Uh, it, it's not good TV. And that Kurt was in the ring. I just like pound, like, you know, like you said, you know, he gets really intense, and man, it was like. Were you telling him to take it easy? You're like, slow down. What's going on, kid? I was telling him this is the hardest I've ever been hit in my life. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you wish? Do you wish wrestling was more? Uh, some of the kayfabe was still left in it. I mean, it seems to me like everything is so exposed these days between the internet and everything like that. Do you wish it would go back to the old school where it was just a, you know, everybody kind of just had their own secrets? You know, in a way, I, you know, yeah, in a way I do. There are some things, like, I, you know, I saw Hulk's, uh, you know, his uh, celebrity wrestling, and I thought it was pretty fun, but I, it just seems weird to have the announcers explaining what the guys <laughs> That was me, did you know that? And, hey, that, that was, I, was the, I was the announcer. Uh, was that you? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I mean, but it, like I said, it, you know, it's, it's, you can't put the genie back in the bottle now. No, but no. in a way... It, it made life a lot easier and more profitable for me because all of a sudden I was no longer the guy that sucked. You know, like yeah, that showed the genius. Wow, he takes a beating with style. And I remember, so, remember uh, back in the day, man. Remember back in the day, Mick, where the you know the baby faces would have one locker room. The oh heel, yeah, the heels would have, it, and the and then the ref would go back and and talk to the about the spots. He would go back and forth, and because you couldn't talk, and then if you went out that night, you still couldn't associate with the babies or the heels, could you? Oh no, no, and not only that, I was just. Uh, uh, you know, mentioned somebody earlier today that, you know, I remember having my job uh, threatened when I was in Tennessee because uh, I was, you know, talking to a girl in a wheelchair, you know, and I, I got lectured about how that's not what, uh, you know, the heels do. <laughs> oh, man. And that was always, uh, you know, that was always... <laughs> 
hard for me to pretend to be uh, you know uh, you know bad once I was outside the ring, but that's the way. Uh, Hogan was working for this guy. I forget who was booking uh, the old Florida territory, and the babies and the heels would ride together in a, in a, into the to the show. If he used to say, "If you guys get in a car wreck, make sure the heels stick at the at, at the accident and the babies run. I don't want to see you guys together." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of that stuff. When I was in WCW, and they tried to like yeah, I was talking about putting the genie back in the bottle. Like they tried to halfway stuff it back in there by not allowing the guys to stay in the same hotels or if he showed up at a gym and you know uh, you know if I was a, a baby face and a heel walked in you're supposed to leave you know and they didn't <laughs> book people on the same flight it was kind of ridiculous you know well in the day and age of the internet where people can you know find out that these two are best friends and you know you guys were at each other's barbecue this past weekend and and what have I, I mean there is no more of that left but I think that the industry has also done a good job of making it sports events polished that turd up back in the day by saying that it's you know Hey, it's sports entertainment. And uh, have you ever thought about why your wireless bill is so damn expensive? It's all just radio waves. How much can a radio wave really cost? Seems like wireless got together and decided, I don't know, 100 bucks a month or so. I think the people will buy it. What choice are they going to have? Now, thanks to Mint Mobile, you're going to have a choice, my friend. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk and text for only 15 a month. Mint Mobile's service in comparison to the big providers are is just as crystal clear and just as good. You're just saving a lot of money. For anybody who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for only 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Choose from 3, 6, or 12-month plans and say goodbye to that monthly phone bill. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a whole entire family and at mint family start at two lines use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and keep your same number along with all your existing contacts switch to mint mobile and get your first three months of premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free you got to go to mintmobile.com forward slash bubba that's mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. You know, our demographics are as such. And, you know, we're out here having a good time. It's very athletic, but, you know, people do get hurt. But we kind of know what's going on out there. I think Vince is the one that kind of helped polish it up a little yeah, the bit. Yeah, term, the term sports entertainment really is brilliant when you think about it. I mean, Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The, w the way that he did that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah no, no question. And, and I always felt, and uh, you know, the whole writing of this last book uh, was you know, kind of based on the assumption that what happened behind the scenes was at least as interesting as what was going on on TV. Mm -hmm. And even when I was writing the first book, uh, you know, I was being very honest, but I, uh, but I really felt that 
people would respect what we did more after reading it, you know. And I, I you know, I hate to be a guy who gives away secrets, but I do think, you know, that, that to the general public, we were a bunch of idiots, you know, before that, uh, you know, current uh, current era began. And now people do see what we do as being, uh, you know, difficult, and they do see us as being, uh, you know, good performers as opposed to, you know, fakers. And I think it's greatly cut down on the number of fights that wrestlers' kids get in in school trying to, Defend. defend their dad's honor, yeah. Now, now, have you talked to Vince, or has he made any contact with you with regards to you going to work for Dixie, or is he kind of over that? You know, Vince is a control freak. You know that. <laughs> no, no. And, yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I mean, he he knew. Uh, I announced for, I guess, four and a half months, and uh, the first month was like a honeymoon period. And right. he knew after that, for the last three and a half months, that I wasn't happy there. And, um when I, you know, I made it pretty clear that I wasn't going to be uh, resigning, and then when work, word leaked out that I was going to TNA, I thought, man, I better, I better call him, you know, because out of respect, you know, you got to call him and let him know that is right. true. And he and I had, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a good talk. It was a very difficult talk. When I told my wife I have to call Vince, you know, she was waiting for me when I came upstairs, you know, and I was actually, I was like a little choked up, you know, it was said a couple of nice things, and I told Vince he'd been one of the most important people in my life, which is true. And then it was like the day after that they took my uh, profile down from uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen, over the years, man, I've seen uh, Terry and Vince get, you know, it's, it's it, honest to God, it's like almost, they're almost like dating because it's so on again, off again. And they, they use each other. I mean, they really do. Terry needs a quick payday. He goes back. Vince needs a little shot in the arm. He goes back. But over the years, I've been privy to some of their conversations. And Vince is the smoothest son of a bitch. He'll come in. He'll pay, he'll pay some homage to your family. He'll, he'll have a whole little rap sheet as to how the kids are doing. Won't he, won't he make He'll like you know, pay like you know, oh, how's the kids doing? And then he'll like three or four minutes prop you up, and then blam, he gets right to you. Uh, yeah, he will do what's uh, you know, he'll do what's best for business. Uh, and there's, uh, from what I've seen, there's only been a couple instances where guys have really burned their bridges. And uh, you know, being that you know, on my last uh, couple shows, I did, uh, you know, I, I did the right thing, as they say. Uh, for the company, I, you know, I don't think I burned a bridge. If I did, I mean, that's unfortunate. But on the list of things, you know, the, I mean, Vince's acceptance of me and uh, is is important, but maybe not as important as you know. Oh, I don't think know. I don't think you burned a bridge at all, man. No, by all means, I no. mean, you, you left. And, and even the, you know, I find I find some of the moves complimentary, like take, yeah. taking my profile down immediately. I think was a compliment. You know, pulling me from the video game, I guess, along with Savage, was a was a compliment. And from what guys uh, told me, uh, the Dudleys and Kevin Nash said the day that I left, they both got calls offering them big uh, bumps in pay to, to, to join. So, um, you know, even though they didn't express it to me, apparently that they did feel like it was a loss when I left. Oh, absolutely, it's a loss. I mean, it, it really is. Yeah, what do you do? Like, let me ask you a question, uh, Nick. Uh, Mick, when, when your check would come back, you know, the shiz hits, what would you do? do what, what recourse do you have? Do you go to uh, Jim Ross first? Do you, go, do you go right to Vince? Do you go to Shane? Uh, you know what? I mean, I never went to Shane. I would call Jim Ross. I think it's kind of like the uh, wrestling equivalent to working the umpires in baseball. You make your argument, and you may not get a bump on that check, but it may uh, – it, you know, may pave the way for a little bit more uh, down the road. And you know what? I mean, I'm, I remember at the Royal Rumble uh, in 2000 when Triple H and I had a match that uh, we did uh, numbers uh, equivalent to what Undertaker and Austin had done. And I knew the payoff <laughs> was not equivalent to what they had gotten. Right. And I, you know, I had my facts about why we, uh, you know, we should get the same. And, uh, 
And Vince ended up bumping me and not Triple H, which I felt bad about, uh, although I think it's probably come back you know, a dozen times or more uh, for Triple H. Uh, and Vince said he's going to be here for a long time. And he actually felt good. He said, you know, he's going to do fine. And that was like almost like his going away present for me. But, you know, I did go to him with uh, what I thought was a valid argument, and uh, he was responsive some of the time. The thing about Vince, though, Brandon, is he'll hold your check for 90 days, though. <laughs> he holds it for 90 to 120 days to get that big interest deal, and then he, and then he scratches off to you. You usually have done two more pay-per-views sometimes before you get the one that <laughs> yeah, he's 90 yeah. days in. Am and I right about that? Real harrowing for me was when I had the, the book royalties. Right, and I knew they were going to be you know bigger than anything I'd ever received in my life. This is in two, you know when the book came out in '99, but I wasn't going to get paid for it until the middle of 2000. Right, and I, man, I felt a lot of pressure, you know, because I've, if I voided my contract, I was uh, you know officially voiding you know my royalty uh, and my rights to the royalties. So for like six months, I really sweated it out, thinking, man, you know, if I were to you know end up you know leaving in a in a bad way at any time, you know, I'm, I'm forfeiting more money than I ever uh, dreamed of. So it is kind of, you know, it's kind of strange that uh, it kind of, you know, your fate kind of hangs in the balance there for a few months. But I guess uh, compared to, you know, the troubles that, you know, people are having, you know, in this economy oh, and they work real jobs, uh, what we did was really not all that. Uh, the, uh, the work conditions are actually pretty good. The funniest payday story I ever heard, Brent, was when Hogan got paid for WrestleMania three with Andre. And, uh, you know, Andre was, you know, at that point, you know, Mick, he was the end all be all. You know, that. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, he he ran the show. He'd tell he'd tell, you know, he'd tell Vince what to do. <laughs> and so they were going to pass the torch that night. You know, obviously it was huge. The numbers were huge. Uh, the biggest ever. And but and so Terry made more. I don't know if you know this or not, Mick, and it's probably something I shouldn't talk about. But I think Terry has talked about it on my other show. He actually made about four or five hundred thousand dollars more than Andre did. Wow. But Andre couldn't know that. So when Vince gave the checks, he made sure that uh, Andre saw Terry's what he thought was Terry's check. And and, uh, and then Terry got something on the backside. But Terry's like, until the day Andre died, I was so afraid to tell him I could never say a word because he would have killed me. Because <laughs> I guess Andre was just... Oh my God, he was mean. I mean, not in a bad way, but he yeah. he made guys. I mean, when he broke you into the business, man, he made you pay your dues. And I guess he hated Macho Man for some reason. They'd be out playing cards and stuff like that, and Macho Man would walk into the room and he'd go, "Terry, make him leave." <laughs> <laughs> did you ever work with him at all, man? Uh, yeah, I did a couple times in 1991 in Japan when he was, you know, really at the you know tail end of his career, right. And, you know, when he dropped that elbow, he would drop it in sections, you know, like he'd almost like lean down and his knee would kind of touch the ground and then his hip. And then still, you know, a few hundred pounds of body weight would crush your sternum. And whereas it may have seemed laughable in the U.S., over there in Japan, because they're, you know, big uh, respecters of tradition, that the whole crowd would be like, like, you know, we get this incredible response. So, yeah, we just had a couple matches. Uh, He teamed up with Dari Funk Jr. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, it's really cool to, 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 you know, to wrestle one of the legendary guys. And I've said this before, so I'm not repeating it. I'm not making it up just because you're, uh, you know, uh, Hulk's friend. 
But, uh, you know, the two guys that I wished I could have wrestled never did was uh, Bruiser Brody, which obviously can't happen, died and, in, uh, died uh, in Puerto Rico. and Hogan, because it's hard to say you completely did it all without having a, you know, a match with him. Well, did, did you, Hogan said one time when wrestling was just first breaking into the territory and Vince was getting on the cable deal, they went to Kansas City, and that was big Harley race uh, uh, territory. And Harley, remember uh, Hogan was taking a poop, and, uh, and uh, Harley broke down the <laughs> stall and was going to kill. Terry, because he was supposed to get the strap that night, and then he ended up was going to burn the ring down. Remember, <laughs> set the ring on fire. And Hogan's like, "Man, I was scared." I went to Vince Senior. It's like I'm really scared of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was scared of him too. Uh, you had a big you had a big feud with Harley Race, didn't you? Uh, Harley, uh, yeah. Vader was Harley's guy, and my big uh, breakthrough as the you know, first real good guy turn. Turn I got although done in Tennessee was uh, when um, Vader and uh, uh, Vader had done a, a number on me. And I was going to come back to the crowd to get some revenge with a scoop shovel. And uh, Harley saw me, like, practicing with the shovel, you know, backstage, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know if I was stomping my foot, but I was obviously trying to figure out how I'm going to throw this, you know, this steel shovel without actually, you know, you know, crushing somebody. And Harley comes up, and he doesn't tell Vader he says this, he, but he points to Vader, he goes, if you don't hit him when we come back here, I'm hitting you. <laughs> and so he kind of sends Vader. You know, not the best thing to send Vader out there to face a guy who's got the, the fear of Harley in him. And, uh, I mean, I swung that shovel like my life depended on it. And, uh, you know, guys were going, you know, it, 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 uh, a couple guys were talking about how when that happened, a group of guys were going to run out from backstage. I think it was in Montgomery, Alabama. And you had guys just flat out refusing to run out and, uh, you know, and try to stop me because I was, like, really <laughs> – now, when you were when you were breaking in some of the independents, Hogan used to tell us that they'd pay you like twenty five extra for a blade job, and like, I mean, did you ever see it like fragmented into like that where it was? No, like, I, mean, I was never high enough on the card where that would even matter, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, twenty five in some cases would have been almost tripling my take, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. No, I, you know what. Um, you know, by that point, the the, the you know that the twenty twenty expose had gone on there, and the right. only time. You know, guys who were bleeding was when it seemed to, you know, make some kind of sense. I think you might have dropped more blood than anybody in the industry. I mean, you say, and that used to just be part of your daily salary. I mean, you never, if you would have gotten 25 extra for a blade job, you'd be retired by now. I, honestly, you know, when we were in Tennessee and uh, the match were getting kind of grisly, I realized that I could probably make more money donating my blood to the Red Cross than I'm I telling could. You. Uh, Spilling it on arena floors. Well, Mick, let me tell you something. As you get updates and you got press releases and new books and well, whatever action figures and salt, sock, pep, whatever you got going on, man, <laughs> consider us. And more importantly, man, I never knew that you wrote a letter on our behalf. That means a lot to me, Mick, and I can't tell you how much. Again, thank you for that, buddy. Hey, you're welcome. I thought it was a bad deal and uh, tried to do something about it. Hey, Mick, let's keep in touch, maybe even on Thursday. Hey, thanks, Bubba. I appreciate right. it. Thank you, Mick. All right, bye-bye bye now.